1: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women, where we address issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens. I'm joined in the studio today with none other than Dr. Allie Brown, and our topic today is healthy pregnancies. So, we are going to kind of talk about how to have a healthy pregnancy talk about some warning signs when things might be going wrong or things that you might need to have evaluated by a physician if you happen to be pregnant Um, and we'll talk about some risk factors and some complications that might pop up during pregnancy and we'll also uh, do some myth busting we're all about giving factual information and we are going to Take some of those myths that you might have heard. Clarify some of those wives' tales. As always, in an effort to give you the best and most accurate medical information, um, which with which you can help to use uh, to live your healthiest and best life. With that being said, good morning, Dr. Brown. How are you?
3: Hey, Dr. Hey, Dr. Owens. You, I'm great. You
1: look so cute today. You're like oh, uber radiant.
3: Oh wow! Yeah. Thanks. I, I don't know why. You know, I I taught a exercise class this morning, and I'm probably sweaty.
1: Maybe that's why you're glistening. I'm glistening. Yeah, you're glistening. So when I when I played uh, sports um, in school, my dad used to tell me. I always worry. I'm like, but I get so sweaty. He's like. Oh, you look your best when you sweat. Oh, well, so yeah, that let was me tell thing. You,
3: I must look really good because I'm a, super, I'm a super sweater. Like I am not the cute girl at the gym.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. You're uh-huh. like a, you're you're a teenager and you're like worried about the the wrong things. My dad's like, look, kid, get on the court. Don't worry about the sweating. The sweating is acceptable. That was good. Yes, yeah, indeed. Um. So yeah, after he said that, didn't worry about it anymore. I sweated with reckless abandon.
3: Isn't that great? How we just trust our daddies. I mean. Yeah, the you know
1: they really are, and th- it's just it's really awesome to to we're daddy's girls. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of knows that. Um, but sorry, mom. Um, but <laughs> but it um, it's really cool to have that relationship. And one of the benefits, at least in in my life, was just having somebody who was kind of always cheering for me and who was very affirming. It's really um, it's it is a blessing indeed. So that being said, whoa Delta is kind of the, I know it's the thing for for today I know we're talking about healthy pregnancies and, and we're going to talk well, about kind part of, of it, right? yeah it is and we're going to talk about um the importance or the impact of COVID even on pregnancy um but man geez Mississippi what's going on this Delta variant is it's kind of it's terrifying, really it's scary kind of it yeah. really is scary um And, you know, as you know, we are we're fully vaccinated, but we are also still mask wearers and, you know, being very conscientious. Especially now. Absolutely. If there's one thing that we have learned is that this thing is not gone. It's not over. Um, So we just want everybody to stay very vigilant in your fight and do everything that you can to stay safe, Um, because... This the numbers are really alarming. Um, I listened to um, the public, I'm sorry, the State Department of Health and um, our public health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs. They did a, a briefing um, a couple of days ago and um, just talking about You know how we're seeing these new spikes the numbers are starting to increase you know right before kids are getting ready to go back to school and you know issues with us not having a very heavily vaccinated population like the uptake for vaccine has not been very high um in in our state in particular i know there are people who are listening to us from from all over um look all over the country and all over even the world but um at least in in our area um, it hasn't really been as high, and so that's another challenge that we're having. Um, but the uptick in numbers has been really, really alarming. I think we were starting to feel a little bit better about things and trying to see, and starting to see some relaxation of some of the previous guidelines, and now all of a sudden the CDC is dialing it back really quickly. Um, and so we just want to continue to encourage everybody. We will get through this thing together. Um, but please, please, please do what you need to to protect yourself and your families wear your masks, wash your hands, socially distance. That's right. Um, That vaccine is still out there. Yeah. And and vaccinate.
3: Yeah. And what's happening is what we would expect to happen when not enough people are vaccinated in a population that the prevalence increases and also the virus mutates into different forms. And that's what we're seeing with the the Delta virus. So it's not that the vaccine is less effective. I mean, we're starting to hear I, I know myself people who have been vaccinated and have Have gotten COVID, and they've had a relatively mild course of it, thank God. But, uh, you know, those those statistics of the uh, effectiveness of vaccines, you know, it varies depending on the prevalence in the population. So it's not surprising that we're seeing what may seem like a shocking number of breakthrough cases, just because we know that the prevalence is so high in our community. So everyone, please help and do your part, and uh, at least wear a mask. Um, But uh, if possible. If you want to make the decision, you can still get vaccinated. It's definitely not too late.
1: No, they're widely available. Um, and the state department of health, um, has really, um, made vaccines it like they are widely available if you are in an area where you're having a hard time getting getting a vaccine or you don't know where to where to turn um and i'll i'm gonna when we take our next break take a look because there's a a website that i want to give you guys so that you can find out but you can also call the your local um state department of health site and um also ask them but there is a a very strong effort um, from the public health side to make sure that we have this available um, and that the vaccines are accessible to anyone who wants them so just want to let you know that
3: that is good that's the good word Dr. Owens the good absolutely
1: word. so now on to the good stuff we are going to talk about healthy pregnancies but I think to wait pregnant we
3: have all in right Do you have to be pregnant to call in and ask a question?
1: No, you don't have to be pregnant. (laughs) Do you have
3: to be a woman to call in and ask a question?
1: No, no. But if you've ever been inside a uterus, if you've ever been inside a person's belly, then you can call in and ask a question. Because we're all... all,
3: As far as I know. Yeah. You know, the... Yeah. was walking among us. Let's hope. The number <laughs> is 1877 MPB ring. It's 877 672 7464. You can also email us at remedy <laughs> at mpbonline.org. <laughs> and I'll tell you the first well, myth. the first myth to bust while we're at it is that you shouldn't get the COVID vaccine while you're pregnant, right? This is a myth, correct lady?
1: So yeah. Um and you know, there has been a lot so and there is actually Published information that came out, there was an article in the New England Journal of Medicine that talks about the people who have become pregnant after receiving the vaccine. Hello. That would let you know that it doesn't cause infertility. Yeah, that's another myth. Yeah. And and secondly, that yeah, it does not cause infertility. Let's say that again for the people in the back.
3: Wait, one more time, can you holler at that?
1: It does not cause infertility. So for people who have received the vaccine and who've become pregnant, and also for those people who receive the vaccine during pregnancy. Um, and so that, that data is out there and is available. The vaccine is efficacious, safe in pregnancy. I, I am a high risk OBGYN physician and we are strongly encouraging all of our pregnant women to get it. This, this virus is, is very, it is a horrible, vicious virus, period. Delta variant, otherwise. It's all this, I mean, COVID in and of itself is a huge problem in pregnancy. And um, when women actually become, when women get infected with COVID and they become symptomatic, those women have higher, they're more likely in pregnancy, more likely to be on a ventilator. Um, and that's when we really start to see complications. And there have been uh, Covid pregnancy deaths. So um, the fact that there's this notion that it's better for you to take your chances with the virus that you know could potentially kill you, um, I-, I think is is just not good sense. And what to about me. breastfeeding? Um, what about it? i I'm, I'm a proponent. I'm a proponent for it. (laughs) Can you get the
3: vaccine while breastfeeding, Dr. Yes,
1: you can. So you can get the vaccine while breastfeeding. Um, You know, we there are some instances in which we will even offer vaccinations during pregnancy. So there are some that we offer during pregnancy. For example, um, we offer the influenza vaccine during pregnancy. There's also the Tdap vaccine, which is tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. And we offer that during pregnancy as well. Um, So influenza, because it protects the from the flu, but um, with the Tdap, we actually give it so um, so that moms can provide what we call passive immunity to their babies. And so what that means is that by vaccinating the mom, number one, you can cocoon them by protecting them from having the people immediately around them from having an infectious etiology. But the other thing is that you can also we get antibodies that can cross the placenta and that can actually provide protection for the baby in the time that the baby actually cannot be vaccinated against some of these illnesses. So it's really important. Um, Please make sure that you talk to your doctor. Um, there is, like I said, a growing amount of evidence that is out there. Um, we are encouraging people. Like I said, the deaths are not being discriminatory and, and sparing pregnant women. So please make sure that, you know, hey, don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Vaccinate.
3: That's a good rhyme. All right. We've got a couple of I'm feeling of a little rhymy today. Well, I, I, I hope. <laughs> You have accepted the challenge, Dr. Owens, because we've got, you know, about 40 minutes left for more rhymes. We're going to go to Tom on the phones, who's calling us from Kiln, I think. From Kiln. It's
2: the kill. It's the kill.
3: Oh, thanks. I just... Thanks. I'm a Louisiana. She's from Louisiana. Like, oh, what's wrong with me? Just
1: just bear That's with her. okay. That's
2: okay. <laughs> All right. My, my question is, you're getting... You, you, earlier spoke of the state department of health and children returning to school and i know that talk dr dobbs has the authority to add vaccines to the list of required inoculations for children to go to school and uh it includes such very devastating diseases like diphtheria and polio and i'm curious why covid vaccine has not been added to that list of required school inoculations for eligible children and um, i was wondering if there's been any discussion about that and uh what, you,
1: what do you know? Well, so as it pertains to, so, and I think um, Dr. Dobbs might have addressed this at least in part um, at the, uh, when they did their last briefing. So I will be the first to admit that I do not work for the State Department of Health, nor am I. Typically involved in those conversations outside of what any other concerned citizen may be by, you know, dialing in or um, participating in their informative sessions. So from a very high level, as far as the intricacies of what actually is the purview of the State Department of Health and when they can and cannot require or what they, how they de- determine um, when they will make those recommendations. I'm not privy to that process, um, but okay. it's but I do believe that it's my understanding that at some point that may be something that's added as it stands right now, though. It's interesting, right? We have lots of influenza and influenza is not added. And there are still people who will also um, sometimes um, who, who die from from flu. So um, I would say that that's not probably something that I can speak intelligently on about what they're thinking or why that has not been considered. I know that right now, you know, all those vaccines are still under emergency use. And so I believe that perhaps maybe that might be a conversation at a later time when um, when there is a different labeling that may be um, applied. Um, but, yeah, as far as why that's not on or what have you, um, as far as a requirement, I don't know. But I will say that when it comes to um, creating requirements for vaccinations. That's something that the public health officials take very seriously. Um, and I mean, because if you think about some of the history behind required vaccinations, there was a lot of discussion about the HPV vaccine and the considerations of including that as a requirement in the state of Texas. And there was a lot of pushback and a lot of public discourse about that consideration. So I do know that it may not always be as simple as it may appear to us um, at the at that level, because the implications of adding something like a vaccine to the required list is a big step. Um, And just because it's not on the required list doesn't mean that it's not still the right thing to do. But I think that from a public health standpoint, that mandate is probably it's there's a lot more to it than we probably know.
2: Well, I just know that the law states that, that he can add to that list at any time. And I have tried contacting him to get an answer to my question and have had no response at all. So um, maybe it's just up to people to push. I mean, obviously it would increase the vaccination rate if children were vaccinated and it would prevent children from perhaps infecting their parents and they would see that it's also a safe thing to do. I don't know, but I thank you for your response.
1: No, and thanks for for raising the question. And um, you know, Dr. Dobbs is um, is a person who I would consider a personal friend. And don't feel don't feel um, offended because he hadn't returned my calls either. I think he's been a little preoccupied. Uh, bless his heart. But um, but I do believe that the folks who are working on behalf of our state on the public health side are really like doing their best and they're trying to be very thoughtful in a time when there's lots of information and lots of things that are changing Um, so just kind of hang in there and look I will I will actually also try to forward your request on to see if perhaps maybe we might find a little bit more out about the intricacies of what they're doing in that regard yeah
3: thanks for that very Uh, thoughtful question and call Tom
2: no problem thank you for having this show. Bye
3: bye. <laughs> the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Call us with any questions or comments. Really about anything. We are talking about healthy pregnancy, but we are here and we're ready to take your calls. Staying on the phone lines, we're gonna go to Louise who's calling us from Winona. Hey Louise.
0: Yes. Hi, what's your good question? morning. Good morning Yes, I am. I just want to clarify something. I heard something on the uh, radio this morning about the the ones that had already had the vaccine still need to wear masks with the uh, variant, and I'm a little confused about it.
1: So, um, so I. I would think that, you know, the concept of wearing a mask is really about minimizing the spread. And here's the thing we I think and we've we talked about this a few, I, I think, uh, on a couple of shows in the past. Um, there's talk about myth busting. I think there was a perception that that people were confusing vaccine with number one, necessary immunity and number two with cure. And it was neither of those things. Um, and from the very beginning, um, and I know that that we were desperately longing for something that would be that kind of panacea, like the, the absolute end of it all. Um, but, but it really wasn't realistic and that's not what our vaccines are, have done. And just like Dr. Brown said, she's talking about, you know, what does that mean with how much there is that's in the population, et cetera. But, but the vaccine itself, um, was in the, the primary benefit is that if you got, if you did contact contract covid after being vaccinated then you were less likely to experience severe disease right because you primed your immune system your immune system has the ability to respond and fight in a way that it wouldn't have if you were vaccine naive number 1 number 2 they found that for a lot of people who were exposed to the virus after receiving the vaccine a lot of those people like would not get sick but they didn't know in the very beginning whether or not it really had an impact on the ability of the individual to transmit the disease in the first place. And so I think, again, as we are continuing to move through this process, we are continuing to learn more. Um, now they're calling them breakthrough cases or what have you. In my in my mind, it's no different than I think we all had a friend who had chicken pox when they were little and they say, oh, you'll never get it again because you had it once and then somebody would get it again. Um, and so even with vaccinations, vaccinations don't mean that you will not get the disease. It just greatly decreases the likelihood that you will have a reinfection. And if you do have a reinfection, the thought is that you would have a much less severe form of the disease.
0: It so, won't be as bad as the one that has not been vaccinated.
1: Absolutely. And so the concept of wearing wearing masks and all of those things just allow for what we know are the limitations of vaccines. I think the difficulty in the pandemic with everybody being so concerned and this rapid rise of deaths and the changes in this virus that we've never seen before is that, yeah, your natural tendency is to want to find the cure like you want that thing gone and knocked out for good. Um, and in actuality. That is not what's happening, and even with the vaccines that we have available, I mean, it is yet another tool to try to get this thing under control. But it doesn't mean that everything goes away. And so, I think there were some people who believed, "Well, hey, I'm fully vaccinated, so that means that COVID can't get me."
0: And I've heard several people say, absolutely. that. "Absolutely." Questions.
1: Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I and those are kind of the nuanced. Portions of this vaccine story that, again, it's not perfect. And that's why when you hear people talk about this, people are saying it's one tool. It's one tool. It, It doesn't negate the need for other things. And the fact that there were some relaxation of restrictions wasn't based on the fact that the vaccines were curative or that people were entirely immune but just because of the decrease in risk that was associated those things were considered reasonable with the Delta variant and how we are seeing this particular strain affect people the CDC is saying hey Let's just be a little bit more cautious right now until we see how this is going to play out, because we've learned so much about this virus in the course of the past year to year and a half. And I think that as we're seeing with the Delta variant, there's still a whole lot more to learn. Well,
0: I Well, I noticed I noticed it's hitting the younger generation now. And I've also noticed that, like, when you go to, like, Walmart or something, they have a sign on there. If you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I mean...
3: I, and I think Life. a lot of issues. I think a lot of folks who have not been vaccinated also aren't wearing masks. Um, which thank is you. So Say this, it. I mean, this disease doesn't cause you to have. Um, you know. Uh, splotches on your face or something. We can't tell, right? So, Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think as things got relaxed, it, it, it was important to remember that those relaxations and recommendations were for vaccinated individuals, and I'm not sure that that's exactly how the public took that. And another thing regarding just populations, you know, the vaccine on a personal standpoint for an hu- individual is everything Dr. Owens was saying about decreasing your risk, etc., But we really have to get to a certain percentage of the population being vaccinated in order to see those benefits on a broader scale. And that so it's not surprising together with the unmasking and with the relatively low numbers we're having here in Mississippi. It's really not surprising. Biology wins in the end. It's not surprising that we're seeing an increase in cases, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, that's just science.
0: They also said I was listening on the news. They also said that this all should go away by the end of September. How do they know?
1: <laughs> you know, I look. I think that it's great to be. It's great to be optimistic. I just am cautiously optimistic, and I don't. I don't know that I that that very. I don't know that there are very many people who feel confident right now in making predictions about the behavior and the life course. Of this vax, of this particular um, virus, um, in this particular time. Well, Louise, doubt.
3: thank you so much for that calling awesome. with those clarifications and questions. Very important points to make. We're going to take our first break of the hour and we'll be right back with all of your questions and calls at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. We're talking about healthy pregnancies, but Perfect. we'll talk about COVID. We'll talk about your shopping list, whatever you want. Look, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> Southern Remedy for Women.
2: This is an MBB Think Radio podcast.
3: Southern Remedy for Women on MPB <gasps> Think Radio. Ow! <laughs> I'm showing a wound. I have a headphone wound. You guys, I mean... She was attacked dangerous. by the headphone. This is dangerous business we're doing here on Southern Remedy for Women. You know, these headphones can attack you no just kidding but anyway how in the world I, I'm, I'm very clumsy disclaimer
1: takes a special kind of person
3: to I get eaten that. alive by a headphone <laughs> i am that thank you friend <laughs> well anyway <laughs> we're talking about healthy pregnancies we've been talking a lot about covid which is great and it's fine we're we're here to <sighs> spread any sort of um positive messaging or a correct messaging that you might have uh based on this pandemic we're currently still in unfortunately um And um, we are going to go to the phone lines and talk to Julie, who's calling us from down south in Ocean Springs. Hey, Julie. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good.
0: Um, I had a question about a supplement uh, for women's health that I take called D-Manas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. And I was wondering if you've ever heard anything about it and if you think it's any good or if I'm just taking it for the sake of taking it.
1: So it's called what again?
0: Um D It's like M A N N O S E. It's um it's derived oh, from Oh
1: manos. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Manos. Okay. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So the D talks about like whether it's right or left handed. right. This is one of these um, sugars and attached to an amino acid or something like this. I'm, I'm having the sweats just thinking about biochemistry. Aww. Dr. Owens, I have to say <laughs> that was not my favorite class in medical school.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. <laughs> it
3: wasn't mine either. But, you know, but we got through it. So, Julie, <laughs> what are the purported benefits that you're taking this supplement for?
0: Um, I have frequent UCI, okay. and I've seen uh, that it's taken, maybe it's helped a little bit, or it might just be my head saying that it's helped a little bit. And so I was wondering if you've actually heard of any benefits or if I'm just in my own head.
1: No, so, so D-manos is actually, um, so that's one of the uses um, or applications of of that um particular supplement. Another one is for, um, for interestingly enough, um, for vaginal infections. So if you have bacterial vaginosis, you know, which is all based on changes in your body chemistry that shift the types of bacteria that naturally are found in the vagina, um, and also yeast infections. So um, in addition to people who have frequent urinary tract infections, um, it, one of the other places where i've seen it utilized or where patients have reported using it is for those people who also have um issues with vaginitis of varying um etiologies so whether it's by bacterial vaginosis or that or what we call bv or um from yeast that's another thing that um that people apply it for you know it's kind of interesting with um with those types of um natural uh substances and I think it's interesting we'll probably have to get somebody to come on and talk a little bit about some of the homeopathic or the non uh pharmaceutical supplementary things that people use and talk a little bit more about them but the the issue is you know so they aren't typically regulated um so it's sometimes difficult to know exactly what is in them. I do know that they do have like their ingredients posted, but the control process is not as rigorous and regimented in those supplements um, that are available, like over the counter, what have you, as they are for those things that are, you know, that go through the FDA process. Um It's not something that that I specifically recommend, but I do know people have used it. It is not something that appears to be harmful, but what I would say is if that's, you know, it's it's no different than some people who prefer cranberry juice or, you know, some of those other non-medicinal... Preventative or... Substances or, I'm just trying to find the right word, um, that might help to either keep them from getting urinary tract infections. I don't think that it's a really good um, treatment, though. So it's kind of better for prophylaxis or for keeping you from um, having issues as opposed to Uh, being something that I would recommend or say that would be a good application for treatment.
3: If you feel it's working for you, Julie, as long as it's safe and an important thing is when you go to your physician, that you make sure you disclose that you're on it. When they ask you what medications you're on, sometimes people don't think about the supplements they're taking. So make sure that when you go see your doctor and they ask you what medications you're taking, because there is a potential that some things may interact with one another. So I think that's what's really important, just to make sure it's safe, that you're not having any um, side effects from it, and that it doesn't interact with any of your other medications or anything like that. But uh, you say it's worth it. Are you I, so? Look, well, I really
2: appreciate
0: this. It's just fifteen dollars a bottle, so I was wondering <laughs> if it's really worth it. To do that. Yeah, you know, they,
1: so they, and there have been some studies that have looked at this d mannos and I I will say that. While I'm aware of the findings, I have not looked at them in depth to be able to tell you about the quality, but in some of them, they have been shown when you use the d manos as opposed to not using anything, the rate of recurrent urinary tract infection was significantly higher in the people who did not use anything as opposed to those people who used manos. Now, I, again, I didn't go into delve into the study to determine whether or not it was a really whether it was really well done or if it was flawed in the in the scientific methodology, but I will say that there's some data out there that's supportive. The funny thing is though, depending on who's doing the research and how it's being presented, you know, you sometimes have to question it a little bit more, but um, I do know that there's some stuff out there that says that using it is probably a little bit more superior than not using anything at all. How's well, that for thank 15 you so bucks? For <laughs> <laughs> thank you, no, Kelly.
3: absolutely. Thanks for your call. Alright, staying on the phone line, we're going to talk to Jean, who's calling us from Ridgeland. Hi, Jean. Hi, Jean. Get it? Uh, Hello, Jean. I see what she did there. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can hear you. How
1: are
0: you? I've got a couple of challenges to make. I want to challenge all the unvaccinated people who refuse to get the vaccine Call the Department of Health, who will call the hospitals, and if they get the va- if they get the virus, they will refuse health care and, and save it for the people who accidentally get it. If they If they want the, want the vaccine they, they ought to suffer the consequences of their action.
3: The uh, second child. We is- took that oath, Jean, do no harm, so I don't know that we can do that. but I, I get your sentiment, the frustration. I, I truly sure. understand. Okay, your second one.
0: The second one is, uh, our governor refuses to, uh, let, he lets our most vulnerable, those kids, go back to school and not mandate masks or social distancing. Now I challenge the governor, to any kid who catches the virus in school, that he pay their medical bills and or funeral bills, (coughs) they catch it and die. It's his fault for not, uh, safe, protecting our children. And
1: that, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, Gene, um, we appreciate your um, your listening and your patronage of the show. Um, I think you know what you said just kind of illustrates. I think some of the some of the frustration that people have with the way that they are seeing this thing um, take place. I think you know it's very difficult. I think being a governor of a state is a hard job. Um, But I also believe that um, we need to be very careful as as citizens to be able to know the difference between politics and and science. And, um, you know, the other part is that while it's while the governor and other heads of state are very much interested in protecting the safety and welfare of um, of all of us. Um, that that is something that each one of us has an individual um, responsibility to do. And so to also in it, because every kid that goes to school has somebody who helps get them together for them to go. And so like we can take on that responsibility as individuals, like, if we are responsible individuals who care about our children, who care about the teachers who are putting themselves in harm's way, who would have thought that, right? When did you since when did becoming a teacher involve you necessarily putting yourselves in yourself in harm's way? But, you know, the people who are risking potential exposures by by living their dedication to the education of our children and to their jobs, like we can also do that. We can say that I don't need, I know what this virus can do. I don't need a mandate in order to make sure that I'm protecting my child and making sure that my child is also like I'm helping to protect the other kids around my child by um, allowing them to mask up. So I think it's something that we can't really point the finger. Like I think we're, we got to be careful about pointing the fingers at too many people. And not just recognizing that we're all in this thing together. We didn't get here because of one person's mistake and we're not going to get out of it by one person's assistance. It's going to take all of us doing everything we can to make sure that we're all safe and healthy. But thanks so much for your call. And, and I, I think it was a really a, a good way to kind of get people's attention about some of the important issues that are that are at play here.
3: And a good way to remind everyone that that vaccine's approved for children the age of 12 and over. There you hear the music. We are taking our next break of the hour. That number is 1-877-MPB. Ring that 1-877-672-7464. Pregnant ladies, where are you? <laughs> where are you Give at? us a call. Where are the pregnant ladies at? <laughs> All right, give us a call. Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
3: This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with my fantastic co-host and best friend forever, Dr. Michelle Owens. That makes talking, me BFF. Oh, we're talking about healthy pregnancies. <laughs> that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven 672 We're in our last segment of the show. I don't eat. We've we're in one of some conversations. Something. We're yeah. in something. We're, we're so glad yeah. to uh, hear from you guys and to be able to talk to you and address all your questions and concerns. We do want to go through some perhaps myths about pregnancy. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of myths about COVID, but we got a lot of myths about pregnancy too, Dr. Owens. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up is eating for two. <coughs> does that mean when you're pregnant, you get to eat twice as much? No, it does not. No. Are you sure?
1: I'm positive. Like I can eat so, whatever
3: I want because I'm pregnant?
1: Absolutely not. Um, so that's a no, that's like a really good question, because, you know, a lot of times people will say that or we get, you know, we get a little bit of a reprieve as pregnant people when we're eating um, a little bit more. But in actuality, the requirement is really only about an extra 300 kilocalories per day. So it ends up being roughly about an hour, uh, roughly about what the equivalent of one extra candy bar a day oh is all whole oh <laughs> extra caloric requirement oh, or need that's
3: surprising and sad
1: yeah it is it's a it's a bit it's a bit um less <laughs> than what many people may believe i think um yeah so the concept of eating for two so yes um so, so another interesting point so y- if we are gaining weight or whatever you and i will eat food And so we grow by eating. But babies, when they are inside the womb, they don't eat, right? So babies grow by flow. And so um, they get their nutrients based on blood flow from mom through the placenta to the baby. So things that people can do to kind of optimize their baby's nutritional status, since baby can't eat more or less, um, are to eat a healthy diet, Um, to try to maintain a healthy weight as best they can. Um, The other thing is to, if you have um, problems with blood pressure, et cetera, making sure that your blood pressures are well controlled. Um, Another thing that you can do is to maintain adequate hydration. Because again, your volume status and making sure that you um, are maximally euvolemic, that you have good, good, Fluid within your blood vessels so that you can get good flow to your baby is another way that you can kind of optimize your your baby's nutritional status, because the best way to have a healthy baby is to have a healthy mom. And that being said, I'd also like to say for those women who have preexisting medical conditions, if you have high blood pressure or diabetes, lupus, renal disease, um, cardiac disease, because we have some moms who have already been diagnosed with heart disease. Um, it's really important, number one, if you are not pregnant, think about whether or not you're trying to be pregnant. If you are not trying to be pregnant and you have a medical com- a medical complication or problem, then you should be on some kind of plan to prevent pregnancy. Because ideally, if you are a person with a medical complication, what you would want to have happen is the best shot for you to have a good healthy pregnancy is for you to have that medical condition optimally controlled prior to the onset of pregnancy pregnancy is a great motivator for moms to do what's right with their other medical conditions but it's way better for your baby and for you if you do that in advance and plan your pregnancies so for my women who are out there who have medical problems and who might be thinking about pregnancy optimize your medical problem first then be pregnant number two if you have medical complications or medical problems and you are not on some type of contraception then you need to think about whether or not you should be or ask your doctor about it because a lot of times i see women who will They just weren't thinking about it or they have heart failure and they get better. And then the minute they feel better, they play around. And next thing you know, there's a baby. And then they're like, holy smokes, I have a heart condition. I didn't I was not trying to have a baby. And then you have to deal with, well, what's the status of your current health situation and how's that going to impact a pregnancy? So it's really important just to remember that that is always an opportunity And if you're not trying to have a baby, there are lots of wonderful ways for women not to be pregnant if they don't want to be. And so just talk to your doctor about the appropriate contraception for you.
3: Very important messaging, Dr. Owens. Thank you so much. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Quinn is calling us from Brookhaven. Hi, Quinn. Hey, how
0: are you doing? Well, good morning. Good morning. I wanted to ask a question. Yes, sir. um, with, with, With this COVID... Why are we not teaching people to build up their immune system or telling them to get out and exercise instead of just forcing, not for, with well, they about to mandatory the shots.
1: So, I so Quinn, you raise a really good question. So there are, um, so with respect to, and, and, I don't know, for those who might not have heard him, his question was really, why are we not encouraging people to build up their immune system? Why are we not encouraging people to get active? And I think that was probably more tailored to the concern about patients who are people who are obese being at higher risk. Um, and, and I don't know that that people aren't. I think that, again, the vaccine is not. The end all be all. It is a part, an important part, albeit important. It is a part of the process. Absolutely build up your immune system. And there are lots of ways that you can do that through, you know, zinc and other kinds of great, um, supplements that will help to build up your immunity. I don't think that there's anybody who is discouraging that, but I do believe that we are kind of in a situation where one thing is not going to be the entire answer. And so what it's going to take is a lot of different things. Do you need to exercise and be healthy? Absolutely. But the truth is that COVID is here and now and while you are attempting to become more active, maintain your healthy weight, or attain a healthy weight, you still need to be protected in the meantime. Because the truth is that there are lots of folks who are going to the gym and who have, have gotten COVID in gyms in the past. So, and I'm not saying that that's happening now, I'm just saying that that is, we've seen that documented that people have been exposed while they've been out trying to live a healthier life, trying to exercise and work out. So um, I believe that Controlling your medical problems, of course, always is going to be beneficial in helping to prevent additional health complications. By no means are we saying disregard all those things. And I think that's the problem is that people may sometimes hear because we are emphasizing the importance of vaccination that they are not hearing the other things as being important. Of course, do those things.
3: Well, I do also want to address because I've heard this immunity issue come up and I've heard that people, you know, uh, will argue and say they do not want to wear a mask because they want to build up their immunity. What we see with this COVID virus is that it it attacks people who have good immune systems, right? It's not, you know, in in medicine we see, you know, for instance, if we think about the AIDS population, that's where we see people with these so-called opportunistic infections. They get these weird infections, they get infected by organisms that the rest of us aren't touched by. So when you really talk about someone with an impaired immune system, someone with full-blown AIDS, someone uh, with a bone marrow transplant, cancer patients, etc., I mean, that's one thing. They get infected. They get systemic disease from Candida, you know, things that just live on our skin. COVID does not care about your immune system. It doesn't. And the severe effects that we see COVID wreaking on these folks that unfortunately have these terrible courses with the disease are very inflammation based. They're not necessarily clear-cut immune issues so wearing them not wearing a mask is not going to help you build immunity to covid i know something that will owens getting the vaccine vaccine the vaccine will help your
1: that's and that's the other thing building up your immune system i i mean as far as i'm concerned i'm a person that sees these things fitting together you can take your elderberry and your you know, your zinc and your vitamin C, because I'm like one of those people that vitamin C loads during like cold and flu season. I rub it on my face. Yeah. So, um, but so absolutely do that because when you do that, like you'll, it'll help your vaccine work better. That's right. (laughs) So, you know, you, you want to come to the table, like with the best functioning systems that you have, being your healthiest self. And that vaccine is intended to augment that. It's not intended to be the only. Yeah. And it's not the only. These things aren't exclusive. Like there's nothing that says that you can't do it. You you can have it all. You can have it all.
3: Quinn, you can have it all. Thank you so much for your call. Yeah, and for raising awareness to some of those other things that people
1: need to be mindful about that will also help them to to win in their battle against this disease.
3: All right, Dr. Owens, I have a question that's come in that combines together the subject of COVID and healthy pregnancy. So we have a listener that's asking, can having COVID-19 shortly before getting pregnant affect the course of your pregnancy? How long should you wait if you're planning a pregnancy and had COVID? I don't know that we have a lot of data on that, but what would be your recommendation? Yeah. So so there's not um,
1: there's not a, a strong evidence based guideline on the duration of time that one needs to wait um, after um, having been infected with COVID. Um that being said, I mean, I think, you know, once you get over your period of acute illness and some people will not even have that. Right. Um, but I do believe that, like, after you've gotten over your period of illness, if it's two weeks or what have you, you know, and then see what's what happens after because there are some people who have been infected with COVID or have been COVID positive and they have still struggled for some period of time after they have been diagnosed and so there are some people who don't go back to normal. Um, They have an alteration of their baseline. They have a new normal that's established for their bodies after having had COVID. Um, Some people don't get their sense of taste back fully. Some people don't get smell back fully. Other people have you know, respiratory issues and so we're still learning about these what they call long haulers um, from the COVID infection but I would say that Again, the healthiest, the way to have a healthy baby is to have a healthy mom. So once your health status has stabilized, um, then it is fine to go ahead and to um, to achieve pregnancy.
3: Good answer there, lady. Healthy mom, healthy baby. She says it all the time. All the it time. It's so true. Plain, it's,
1: it's real simple. It's not
3: rocket science.
1: Um, you know, the way that you're going to, that baby is so dependent upon mom and mom's internal environment. That if you optimize that environment, that's going to make that place optimal for baby. Um, and if it's not an optimal environment, then baby's going that that little baby's vulnerable. And um, so, you know, the good thing is that there are folks that are out there to tr- that are trained to help take care of women who have complications in pregnancy. i um, see one
3: right across from me. Right so now. if
1: you're one of those folks and it kind of ha- p- popped up on you, don't worry about it. We can we can fix it. But it's a whole lot better if um, if it's planned and you kind of have an opportunity to get ahead of things by getting yourself in the best physical condition that you can before achieving pregnancy.
3: I hear some music, Dr. Owens. I think you're ending it on a very good and informative note there. Yeah,
1: thank you guys so much for all of your calls, comments. Um, you know, that means it's time for us to go. Southern Remedy was produced by Jay White. Liz Gill was our call screener. You guys might have heard. We For uh, Allie Brown, I'm Dr. Michelle Owens. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same bat channel. here. Southern Remedy. NPR's Here Now is next on MPB Think Radio. Y'all be safe now you hear.